good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star. We're really, really glad you took time out of your schedule, and we hope by the end of today, you're really, really glad too. So you're gonna need a couple things. One, you got your sermon note sheet on the way in. If you're up in the True North Chapel, you're down here in Compass, uh, go ahead and pull that note sheet out. If you're watching online, all that'll be there will be over on the side, and you can follow along. We're gonna wrap up for this spring our series through the book of Acts. We started back in the fall with the birth of a movement, and we walked through all these times over the fall and now the spring and getting to today, and we'll close it up next Sunday's Memorial Day, and so we're doing a special service, True North Chapel. You'll be in here with us next Sunday. We're going to be doing communion together as a church. I think it's going to be a really, really great Sunday next Sunday, and then we'll start a study through the book of Eli or through the life of Elijah this summer. I think you'll really enjoy over, over uh, the summer months, but we're really glad you're here. Some of you... You, you've lived a long life this spring. How many of you in here are educators, your teachers, administrators? Raise your hand. Would you, look at all those, keep those hands up. Look around this room. Would you congratulate all these folks for making it to the finish line? And now moms and dads, they're handing them back to you, all right? They're all, they're coming back. They're coming back with all their questions and things that they would like for you to do for them, all right? And so they're all coming your way. Well, today, this chapter in the book of Acts is um, one of the oddest, it's crazy, all right? So basically, I, I looked for somebody else that wanted to speak this Sunday, and they all left me with it, all right? And so this chapter, we're gonna read in the book of Acts. I have never preached on it before. I know I've read it before, but it's one of those things that makes you scratch your head. It really does. But I think within it, there's some stuff that we need to grapple with. There's some stuff we need to know. So we hit two things last week. One, we said the whole book of Acts is all about who? Oh, y'all, that's bad, all right? And so let's say it's the end of school. This is your final exam. All right, so the whole book of Acts, it's all about who? Jesus, all right, no, like, so let's have, let me help you out real quick. It's all about Jesus, all right? Who's all the book of Acts about? It's all about who? Y'all are so smart, you're all getting A's, all right? And so, you had to get three attempts, but I'm gonna grade you on the curve, all right? And so, it's all about Jesus. The whole book is pointing to the story of who Jesus, let me just let you know, if you're ever asked a question in church, you answer Jesus, you can't go wrong with that, all right? And so, go with it, it works. It's all about Jesus. Second thing we said last week was God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. You can't put God in a box. What you're gonna read today is God not being in a box. So here's what's big for you to know today. The city this took place in is a city called Ephesus. Ephesus was the crown jewel of Asia. It was the largest, it was the capital city um, 250,000 people there, but the problem with it was it was full of temple worship, it was full of pagan worship, it was full of sorcery, it was full of, of magic, magical arts that were going on there. You need to know that because God is pointing a story for these people in the city of Ephesus. We're looking in at the story. He's pointing all of that's gonna happen in the story today, he wants them to know who Jesus is. So some things are gonna happen in this story 
that wouldn't happen here at North Star, all right? But they happened because it got their attention and it pointed them to Jesus. Acts chapter 19, would y'all stand with me in honor of reading God's word together? Verse 11, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. All right, so let me me say this. Normal, ordinary, everyday stuff God used to do extraordinary things. That's the principle behind it, okay? The only thing that would get the people's attention, so Paul had been in the synagogues, the verses right before this said the people had been stiff-necked, the people quit listening, so now Paul moves into another sector and he has to do something that, you don't read about that anywhere else, only right here do we read about a handkerchief or an apron, and so anyways, so if you go home today and you look at a handkerchief, look at an apron, it's a handkerchief, it's apron, all right? And so let's keep, let's keep reading here. Verse 13, a group of Jews traveling from town to town were casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord, Jesus, in their incantation saying, I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, who was a leading high priest, Jewish high priest back during this time, they were doing this. But one time when they were tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? So this evil spirit speaks back to these fakers. All right, these guys are fake. They're not real. They they don't even know who Jesus is. They're just watching miracles happen and they're trying to get in on the business. And this evil spirit basically calls them a fraud right? You're not Jesus, you're not Paul. So I remember years ago, we had a kid visit here to church and he played for the Rome Braves. And he was telling me, I said, what's it like to play for the Rome Braves? He said, well, the other week we were signing autographs and this dad had his son there with him. And he said, he got up to the front and he goes, who are you? And the guy's like, well, I play for the Braves. He said, you're a fake. All right. You're not a real brave. All right. That's basically what's, but anyways, here we go. Let's keep going to the story. Then the man with the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence they fled from the house naked and battered. All right, it's the first episode of Naked and Afraid that you've ever read about in scripture, but anyways, let's keep reading here. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly what? What's it say next? Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books, burned them at the public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. All that happened because it got their attention. All that happened because people got shaken to see who Jesus really was. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you're standing, compass, chapel, out on the patio, watching from wherever you're watching from, would you just ask the Lord to speak to you today? Would you? Would you just say, God, you've got permission 
to look in my heart. Father, we give you us today. We give you our minds, we give you our hearts, we give you our ears, we give you our hands, we give you our feet. God, may we leave here today knowing who Jesus is to us. Not who he is, but who he is to us. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. So let's, let's talk about this. Can we all agree this is a weird passage? Can we all agree? I mean, I know that sounds bad to say about the Bible. Can we all agree this is an odd passage? If you agree with that, please say yes. If you disagree, I'll let you preach it next time. All right, and so it's a weird passage. But in it, it was left there for a reason. So as Luke recorded the story of who Jesus was, and he recorded the story of what went on in those earliest of days, he left this story in there for a reason. Where it happened was a big part of the reason. It was in the city of Ephesus. So I don't think you can focus as much on what happened as where it happened and why it happened. So there's three things you gotta wrestle with, ready? Principle number one today is this. Have I substituted knowing about Jesus for knowing him personally? So you have these guys, they're seven sons of Sceva, right, this, this Jewish high priest. They know all about Jesus, but they're fakes. I want you to write down two words, ready? Fake, fraud basically is what they were. They were counterfeiters. They said all the right things. They did all the right things. But they didn't know who he really was. And we look at the story, and it's almost alarming that they're, they're going, I cast you out, I cast out these evil spirits in the name of Paul, and the evil spirit speaks back to them and goes, who are you? You don't even know. So the interesting part about that is, scripture teaches even the demons know who Jesus is. They don't believe in him, but they, they know who he is, which makes us ask this question. Is it possible in 2022 for me to know about Jesus but not to know Jesus? Is the answer yes or no? Yes, it's possible. It is possible you could sit in church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, have all the books, have all the stuff, have a grandma or grandpa and a mom and pop that went to church and you don't know. To read the story and to miss dealing with who Jesus is would be to miss what this whole thing's all about because the whole book of Acts is all about who? You gotta grapple with who Jesus is. But here's the deal. It's not just who Jesus is, but who is Jesus to you? You can't, you can't escape in scripture who Jesus is. But you gotta figure out who Jesus is to you. In fact, it was so important to Jesus. I want you to look at the way Matthew recorded it. Listen to the way Matthew said it. Jesus said these words, Matthew wrote them down on judgment day. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. 
We cast out demons in your name. We perform miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. I never knew you. I want you to write this, this word, about. There's a difference in knowing about someone than knowing someone. So Steph, you've, you've grown up in church. Your dad's a music minister. You've grown up in church. Why is it so easy to let what we know about Jesus make us think we may know Jesus? What, what would you say to that? You've grown up around it. Yeah, uh, this, is, this will actually be my dad's um, next, this next year's 40th uh, year on staff at this church. And so I was, I was raised, our house was across the street and we were there for all of the things. Um, and I, I think you, you mentioned a minute ago, it can be our, our grandparents' faith, or my, in this case, my parents' faith. I was in all of the things, the, the children's choirs, the youth choirs, the Bible drills, the Wednesday night prayer meetings. Um, and I think we feel like sometimes the more knowledge we have, the more power we have, the more control that we have. If I can know all about something, then, um, then I must know all there is. And I think what's missing in that is that head knowledge and that heart knowledge. Um, I think when I, when I look at causes that are in the news or on Facebook, or I hear about a hard time somebody is going through, like I can, I can sympathize with that. Like, wow, what a hard time they must be going through or, oh man, that's so sad. I really, I really hate that for them. And then somehow I'm touched by that same situation or that same person or that same cause. And suddenly it's very personal to me and the way that it affects me and the way that I respond to it is a completely different thing. Yeah. I want to take a second right here in our service for you to know who Jesus is to you. It would break my heart for you to leave this church one day and go, I knew you. I knew the staff and we're all just hanging around. But you didn't know Jesus. You heard a lot of sermons. Maybe you laughed a little bit when a couple of the jokes landed. But anyways, so you, you heard all the jokes. But you missed who Jesus was. That would break my heart. I don't ever want that to be your story. And here's the deal. Everybody's got to figure it out for them. Moms and dads, how many of you are moms and dads in here? Raise your hand. We can guide our children to it, but we can't make them do it. That's a personal choice. Why don't you just bow your head right where you are, would you? Do you know him? Not about him, but do you know it? Is it personal to you? Maybe you're sitting in a chair right now and you go, Mike, I, I don't know if I do.
Would you just tell them today, Jesus, I just want you to be my Savior. Would you? Be my Lord. I want you. Would you just tell him that? And when we respond to him, he responds to us. I want you to sing and listen to the words of this song because it's how he thinks and feels of you. You can sing along, you can pray, you can stand, you can sit. But I want you to hear these words. Steph and Seth, I want y'all to take that little tag you just did. And I want everybody to sing these words because I want you to get what they say. That little tag y'all did at the end. And I want everybody, you can close your eyes, you can look at the screen, look at the words, but make this your thought to the Lord, right? Thanking him for what he did. Would you lead us in that? Oh, come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of jesus christ oh come to You know, when you think about coming to the Lord and you think about responding to Him, yes or no? Would God have a reason to hold things against us, yes or no? Yes. He would have every reason to stand there like this. That's not the picture that Jesus left in Scripture of how He responds. He responds like this the loving father of the prodigal son. I've got an image in my brain of when we close our eyes here and we open our eyes in heaven. And the image is of the one who knows everything about you, waiting on you to welcome you home. That's the grace of Jesus. And that's the one who did all this for you. That's what this whole thing's about. So maybe today you made that decision. Maybe today you said, Mike, for the very first time, I made that decision to accept Christ. That little card you got on the way in. If you'll put your name, an email, a cell phone number, you can leave it on, that, leave it on your chair when you leave. But there's another part of this story that is interesting. For many of you, you know Christ. You are walking with Christ. You've known him. The second question we got to wrestle with is, am I living out of my flesh or in the strength of the Spirit? Am I doing it on my own, basically? Or 
is he working through me? Am I flying solo and saying, well, I feel obligated to do it by myself? Or am I living in the strength of his spirit? Here's what I will tell you. This group found out how real spiritual warfare is. There's a reason it's mentioned in scripture. It's the reason Paul, remember he's in Ephesus, and Paul writes Ephesians 6.10 to this church. Listen to what he said. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Tell me, let me tell you his strategies. I want you to write these down. To discourage you. Number one, he wants you to think you can't do this. He will do everything within his power to get you to pull that white flag out of your back pocket and go, this isn't worth it. I'm trying to do all the right things and nothing's turning out the right way. He'll do everything. If he can discourage you, he'll make you quit. He'll discourage you. He will distract you. He'll cause your eyes to see things that you don't need and to get you off the journey with the Lord. You're walking this way towards Jesus. You lock eyes with Jesus and all of a sudden something else gets your eye and you just begin to walk this direction. If I walk one degree opposite Jesus every day, I'm gonna end up somewhere I don't wanna be. And I'll end up in regret. I'll end up in a place I, I don't want. Discourage you. He'll distract you. And then he'll divide you. That's what he'll do. He divides us from the people that we need in our lives. So he tells us to put on spiritual armor. So I've been walking with Jesus since I was 14. 39 years. Spiritual warfare is real. And the more you choose to do for the Lord, the more real it gets. You're on the sideline or on the bench, he ain't real worried about you. When football coaches watch film, they're not real concerned with 77 hanging out by the water cooler. They are concerned about number 71 who's on the offensive line and we gotta find his weaknesses. It's what you do. So how do I put on God's spiritual armor? I want you to write down three things, ready? Number one, stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Don't depend on Sundays. He left us his word for you and I to get in every day. Stay in God's word. Number two, stay obedient. Don't just stay in God's word. Do what it says. Live it out. Stay obedient. Number three, not only we stay in God's word and we stay obedient, we stay consistent and pray unto the Lord. You know what prayer is? Prayer is saying, 
God, I can't, you can. God, I can't, you can. God left us this story tucked away over there in the book of Acts because he wants us to know who Jesus is. And then if we're believers, he wants us to know this isn't gonna be easy. I hate to tell you how many times I've sat on that front row with a white flag in my pocket. Because life gets hard sometimes. How do you get through it? Stay with Jesus. So for me, when I've been through those seasons, and they have been seasons, when I've been through those seasons, there are times I don't even know what to pray. How many of y'all have ever gotten to a place like that before? It's like, I wanna pray, my heart wants to pray, my mind wants to pray, and I don't know what to pray. I don't even know what to say. How many of y'all have ever been there before? Raise your hand. So it's a weird thing, you know? I can pray for you, good, all right? I just have a hard time praying when I'm in it. There are seasons like that that worship has been what's gotten me through. I'll just cut on worship that we play on Sunday mornings and I'll just drive and say, God, I don't even know what to tell you, but I just, I'm praying this. This next song is one of those songs. So I don't know where or how you walked in today, but I pray you'll stay with Jesus. You'll walk with him. If you're married, you'll grab the hand of your spouse and go, we're gonna do this together. Because he brought you together for a reason bigger than you. As they sing this song, maybe today you sing it out with them. Maybe you stand and sing it out with them. Maybe you sit and you just let them sing it over you. But I want you to listen to the words of the song and give them back to the Lord, would you? You know, I think it's so interesting. You, you go back to the Old Testament and the Jewish culture was they would set up memorials for them to go back to, to remind themselves of God's faithfulness. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know how you're walking through it, but God's gonna get you through it. Staying with him is the key making it. Seth, you, do y'all love Seth? Don't we all love Seth? I'm gonna tell you one of my favorite things about Seth. Seth, Seth sings from a deep well of walking with Jesus. That's what I'll tell you about Seth. He's a Moultrie boy through and through, but he, he ain't a Yankee. But anyways, he's a Moultrie boy, but he sings from a deep well. Seth, you walk through those seasons. How'd you get through them? And you stand up here and sing on stage every week. How did you get through those seasons when it felt like it was hitting you from all sides? What would you say? I'll tell you this. Getting up here and singing every week is one of my favorite things to do, and I love it. Um, that's one of my favorite songs. All the band guys know, like, I cry every time we sing that song. It's like <laughs> a running joke, like, oh, Seth will make it. Here again, here he goes. So, um, <laughs> But, um, you know, when you're up here and you're singing these songs every week, 
it is so easy for those songs to become cover for what they really mean. And how do you keep that well filled is by being reminded of what the songs are actually talking about. Because I can sing, I'll follow you anywhere, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I praise you. But it can become cover. Am I really following him? Am I really praising him? Am I really giving him everything I have? And these songs, man, they'll put you in check. The words of these songs will put you in check real quick. Me and Larry have talked about here again before. The chorus of that song is saying, God, all I want is all you are. What a bold thing to say and really mean it. Mm. And in those times, in those seasons where it's hard, I just cling to what the lyrics of, to, to what they mean. I cling to God. That's here again goes on to say, you're not going to forsake me ever. Mm. I told you that will get to me every time, every time. But it's like, and you have to keep returning to that every day. Mm. And the thanks and the good thing about it is he's an everyday, mm. you know, he's an everyday God. So all the, the band will have fun with that one uh, after, uh, <laughs> after so, but setting me up right after one of my most emotional songs. Um, but yeah, I just, I just return to, to what they mean and the truths of those songs because the truths of those songs will be what gets you through more than the music, more than the notes, more than the way the guy sounds singing. It's the words. It's the truth um, that he will meet us where we are today. He did it yesterday and he'll do it tomorrow. Why don't you write down a word in your outline, and we'll, we'll wrap up here in a second. It's the word surrender. <clears throat> I can't chase who he is without letting go of things that aren't who he is. It's all about surrender. So you read at the end of the story, this group of people, they burn these incantation books. And was, I mean, it's a really wild story worth millions of dollars because they would make money out of magic. So if they sold magic, they would make money. In these books, Luke records, really interesting, he records it, they're worth, worth millions of dollars. But what's the principle of that? Well, the principle of that is worth, Jesus was worth following more than what they did. So we have to ask ourselves the third question of the morning. Do I not love Jesus enough to abandon my cherished sins even if it cost me? Is what I'm holding on to worth more than him? There's a lot of ways that we can live our lives I'm going to tell you mine. You do with it what you want to. I don't want to have any regrets when it's over. I don't want to get to the end of it all one day and say, dude, I really misused that. God gave me a season to do this, and I didn't do it. What keeps me from doing it when I'm distracted by other stuff that doesn't matter at the end of the day? Am I willing to give up my cherish things, you could say idols, you could say stuff that keeps me 
from living a life that's all his. And here's the word is surrender. Is Jesus worth surrendering for? You came to him with open hands. If we could just stay with open hands, our lives would make such a difference. So here's the question I've got. Why, does, why is it possible for so many people to attend church? In, attend church? I'm talking about universal, not just North Star, church universal, but yet a difference still not be made. Because when I leave here, loving God, loving people, living sense, a lot harder than it is in here. Well, I'll get back to it next Sunday. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we get one shot at life. Live a surrendered life. And I don't know what it is that you hold on to that's so valuable it would keep you from chasing Jesus. But whatever that is, hold it like this. Hold it like this. And when you do, you can live a life of no regrets. Your parents, your grandparents, maybe even you, used to sing the song we're about to sing that's gonna wrap us up today. So I want all of us to stand, would you? True North Chapel, Compass. This is an old classic, but the words tell the truth of living life like this.